Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Film Haven Reviews. I am your host Sawyer as always, and today we are starting a new theme, and I have already alluded to this theme in the last few episodes, but it is the Nosferati theme. Um, as I said before, uh, that is not an actual word, um, I, but it's the plural for Nosferatu um, in my mind, and I'm going to stick with that. You know, sometimes you just got to break with convention if you want to have some fun. Uh, I don't like the idea that Nosferatu's plural is just Nosferatu. I think that's kind of lame. So we're going with Nosferati because it makes sense to me. Uh, anyway, so today uh, we are starting off this theme with the contentious film that recently released, The Last Voyage of the Demeter. Now, I was excited when I first saw the trailer for this, uh, the idea of just the monster. I liked the monster but I did feel like the movie was kind of going to be a little boring. When I first saw the trailer, I was like, this is a lot of setup and not a lot of payoff probably. But then once I put it together that this movie is taking place during the Captain's Log chapter, chapter 7 of Dracula, I got interested real fast because Dracula is a really cool book. Uh, and I'm going to be honest and I'm probably going to get some flack for this, but I haven't finished it. Once they get to England, once he gets to England and there's all this aristocracy letter writing to each other, I just like, I start losing interest really bad. But the first like half of the book is incredible. So, uh, including the captain's log, which is really cool. So don't, uh, don't blame me too much, but for everything that we need to know in this movie, I already know. So that's cool. Uh, anyway, the idea that the movie takes place in one chapter of a very famous book, I just think is really cool. I love the idea of expanding out little tidbits of history, and that includes fictional history as well. Um, I will say that there is some drawbacks that come with that that we'll talk about later, but the concept itself is really cool. And then more than that is I love the idea of Dracula being more of a monster than being a Bela Lugosi uh, suave uh, interview with the vampire kind of type. Uh, so instead of being sexy, it's actually horrifying. And they really show that here. Now, in the actual chapter, he's more of a man. But if you think about it, if you saw the silhouette of this creature, the Dracula creature in this movie, you'd probably think it was a man at first before you went into some kind of monstrous idea. So there's some connection here. There is some liberties that the movie takes, but of course it has to because it's making a full-length movie out of like one chapter of a book. So that all makes sense. Uh, I was also very intrigued to watch the movie after finding out that the director is Andre Orvidal. I'm probably saying that wrong because there's like that like Swedish like O for Orvidal. There's probably like a better way to pronounce that. But anyway, um, you may remember him from Autopsy of Jane Doe, which I enjoyed. I gave that movie a 9 out of 10. I uh, really enjoyed that movie and it kind of endeared me to this director. Uh, so I was very excited to see that he was directing a, a higher budget film, something that had a little bit more gloss to it. And I'd say in most ways he delivered. Now we have to talk about the actual elephant in the room which is that a lot of people didn't like this movie and i'm gonna go to bat for this movie a lot in this review but at the same time i have to also kind of accept the fact that there is some truth to some of the complaints that people have but that being said there is a concept that i kind of want to talk about which is like i mean i'm sure a lot of people are familiar with this idea at least that sometimes for example 
I'm probably going to give this movie a 7 out of 10, which may seem low for a movie that I'm saying that I really enjoyed, but sometimes you can defend a movie that you also know objectively is not great. It's not that this movie isn't a good movie. It's just that it's not going to blow your mind. It's not going to be... It's not going to go down in the annals of movie history. Uh, and there are things to complain about. But sometimes a movie just hits you just right. You know, there's 7 out of 10 movies that... Th- here's the thing. I will probably watch this movie again. Now, will I watch uh, Threads, the 9 out of 10 I gave again? Uh, when's the next time I'm going to watch Oppenheimer again? Maybe I will. But the idea is that sometimes these 9 out of 10 movies are just... They're kind of hard to watch. Or they are they don't have a lot of replayability. You're like, you, get the, you watch the movie and you get the premise and you say, wow, that was a feet of cinema and then it's just not the entertainment value i don't know it just doesn't hit you right this movie has a vibe it has a atmosphere the atmospheric aspect of the movie is really what is going to keep me coming back and i think it's one of the best aspects of the film it's one of the things that i i think even the critics have to admit the movie has so while i'm going to give it a 7 out of 10 and i'm going to probably agree with some of the issues that people have with the film um, I'm also going to kind of go to bat for it and say that despite those issues, it's still a worthwhile film and it does not deserve the like 52 meta score that it's got and the 6.2 user score. Now that I can maybe get a little bit more down with since that is a consensus of a lot of people. But 52, I think, is pretty uh, unfair considering this movie is definitely above mid. Some people would call it mid, and we will discuss why shortly. But first of all, let's actually get into the synopsis. Six minutes in, you don't even know what this movie is about if you weren't paying attention. As I said before, it is taking a chapter out of Dracula, but it is taking a specific chapter basically where uh, Dracula is going from Transylvania to England. And the way he does that is he becomes a stowaway in the cargo of the ship, the Demeter. Uh, and this is one of the things that I really liked about the movie is because, and, I, and it's definitely implied in the chapter, but I really enjoyed that the whole idea of the movie is that Dracula needs to basically ration out the crew members because obviously he needs blood to survive and he's making a long voyage. So this can't be him massacring the whole ship. He needs them to get him to England. And he needs to last the journey. So in order to do that, he has to slowly stalk and kill the crew members one by one by one. And I think that lends itself so perfectly to a movie like this. So don't think of this movie as a horror movie in the sense of like you're going to be really scared. Think of it more of a suspense film. He's taking them out one by one and there is a growing realization of the situation and you're kind of going along with these crew members as they realize what's happening and as they deal with the repercussions and then try to figure out how to get out of it so there's a little bit of a survival horror aspect to it which as you've probably surmised after listening to episodes of this podcast that i really enjoy that idea so will you be scared probably not unless you are a scaredy cat when it comes to horror movies then it might be perfect for you honestly because uh, there is like a lot of stalking going on, a lot of tension building, um, but it's more for the atmosphere. It's more for the concept. It's more for the idea. It, there are, I would say, there are some brutal kills. There's a few that are pretty bloody. There's a lot of like like 
heightened, a little bit heightened more than like your PG thirteen uh, scary movie of bits of gore and like there's a scene where a guy gets like burned alive while he's tied to the mast because he's like become a vampire and it's not like it's not pretty but at the same time uh they are really trying to tease out dracula as a monster and so there is a lot of preamble if you will they definitely show him more than i thought dracula a lot more than I would is expecting, so I was happy with that. But I mean, the real big reveal doesn't happen till later in the movie, and this is one of the complaints, the common complaints that I've heard that I would, I have to agree with, and that is that once Dracula kind of reveals himself, and you see how much CGI that they're using for him, I think the CGI is done well, but. My problem, I think, is more with the design. Uh, he's supposed to kind of look like a man bat idea. And it just kind of it gets a, just a little cringy. Or you can't really suspend your disbelief very well. Now, I have to admit that's true. So the third or the third or fourth act kind of falls off just a little bit because of that. And I think that the way that they dispatch him, I wish that it would have been like maybe just a little bit more creative. Uh, but... Before that, and I've seen like behind the scenes videos and stuff like that, and I've seen that he, the design of Dracula is really well done and way more practical than you think. So when you're watching the movie, I think a lot of people were like, ugh, dumb CGI. And like, you'd be surprised at how much of that film was not CGI when it comes to the creature. At the end, it's pretty obvious, but towards the, the beginning, middle, you know, towards the end, even towards the end, there's a lot of scenes with close up shots and. Um, anything that didn't have him like flying around was pretty practical. So I think the movie needs to get some more credit for that because in this day and age when there's a lot of CGI and this movie gets, would get blocked into those kind of movies that could have been more practical but relied too much on CGI. And I think that that's just not true. I think that because the action was so intense at the end of the movie that they did start leaning on CGI. And I think that may have been either a bad move or possibly they could have worked a little bit more on how that looked. Um, but up until that point, I got to say it was pretty great. The gaunt long tooth design of this Dracula, I think really worked for me and it made me be like, Ugh, I definitely don't want him coming at me. Very cool, monstrous design. And I feel like it deserves just a little bit more credit than it was given the design is subtle and i think that's a good point for the whole movie the whole movie is pretty subtle the tone it takes a while for things to happen it's a little bit of a slow burn but it's so atmospheric and if you just settle in it's really fun and and that talk about atmospheric the actual ship that they're filming on is oh it's 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 beautiful i mean anybody who's into like seafaring movies you know master and commander or i'm trying to think of pirates of the caribbean or any of those movies that take place on these um sailing vessels i mean this movie is oh i love the design of the actual ship and you really get like as a set you really get to explore that ship like you really get to go all throughout it like scenes are taken in the captain's quarters in the cafeteria area like or the dining hall i loved that i love the idea of this chef who has these food stores and and he's got a whole you know kitchen quarters and this is like in a uh, late 1800s 
a vessel, you know, you just don't think about that kind of stuff when you think of these ships that have to go on these long journeys that they have a kitchen and there's a cook and they have a dining, a mess hall. And the the ship itself, I mean, it's in the name, but it's like kind of the most important character of the movie or one of. It's a main character of the film. And I just, I love movies that do that. Uh, Robert Eggers' movie, The Lighthouse. That's one of my favorite parts of that movie is that uh, the rock or the island in which the lighthouse is on, like the lighthouse is one of the main characters of the film and it feels alive. And the, the Demeter is the same way. The ship itself feels like it's its own character and you go into the bowels, the cargo room and the cargo room itself is well designed. It's got multi layers. There's literally like swinging bridges that go across the tops so that you can go from one side to the other without having to go through all the boxes. I mean, you can tell that, I don't know if it was Andre or Vidal or if it was just, you know, his, his uh, production crew, but that you could really tell that they spent a lot of time designing and and being historically accurate when it comes to the ship design and i just really enjoyed that all the scenes at night in the fog with the this blue and kind of amber light with the the amber coming from the 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 lanterns and stuff like that and you get the the foggy mist when the night watchmen are on patrol and you know someone's about to get yeeted and there's just like it just has this really spooky eerie vibe and that's where this movie's strengths like lie the most it's a it's a film that that you really just want to sit in versus it's not just like it's not a shock and awe film it's not like a thrill ride there are moments of action for sure but for the most part the movie is more subtle i guess i would say and subtle in a way that is beautiful not in a way that is annoying or boring i definitely can understand why some people might just consider this movie boring if it's not your bag that's totally fine um, I will say with that caveat, like I said, I'm going to agree with some things. And while I wasn't bored during the movie, I will say that it was two hours is too long of a runtime for a movie that is taking a little chapter out of a book. Like there's just no reason for the movie to be that long. I think that the third act kind of stretches out a little bit too much. The captain, um, who is very well acted by, uh, what's his name? Uh, Liam Cunningham, who was in Dog Soldiers, by the way, and he did a great job in that as well. And I think he's in Game of Thrones. Please do not kill me, but I have not really watched Game of Thrones, and I apologize for everyone because I know for those of you who have watched that show, it's a very big deal that everybody else see it. And if you haven't seen it, then you're kind of marked. So I'm sorry, but I'm pretty sure he's in Game of Thrones as well. Very good actor. Um, the captain was w very well done, but his character arc got a little mushy or just over long by the end of the film and it didn't necessarily it was kind of unnecessary uh the main character Corey hawkins very well done really loved seeing him on screen had a really great presence um i haven't seen him in a lot of stuff but i've seen on his imdb that he has been in a lot of stuff it just happens to be movies that i haven't really seen uh and then also the girl in it she was fine uh i, I think her character kind of probably been maybe written just a little bit better but she was in the movie Nightingale from 2018, and I just absolutely love that movie. Actually, in fact, it was one of the movies that got me to write, uh, start writing reviews for Film Havens as the as just an Instagram account because I was I posted a short review on my story, and it kind of gave me the idea like maybe I should just like write reviews uh, as an Instagram account. Anyway, that's just a 
fun little aside and i haven't really seen her in anything else uh, she was great in that movie the nightingale um and i recommend that film although it is not for the faint of heart anyway uh so very well acted but like i was saying the, with the writing the end the third act gets just a little too long a little too stretched out you're kind of ants in your pants waiting for it to end and then together with the third act uh, being a little bit lackluster in terms of how they decide, how they kind of foil Dracula is just a little. Mm, I, I like the setup. I love the idea. There's always that moment in a survival movie or in a horror movie if it's good where they like the 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 everything gets flipped around where it's like the prey becomes the hunter that kind of thing. And there there is a moment like that with the setup, and I was really excited for it, but then the payoff wasn't necessarily amazing. So. I have to say that to, like I said, 7 out of 10. There were things that are objectively not great about the movie, but it is not the uh, painful-to-watch, middling, boring movie that a lot of people have been saying in their reviews. I've seen that on Instagram. I've seen it on IMDb. Uh, I've just seen it in general from just people. Like uh, In general, this movie is getting a lot of flack when I believe that it is just too well-made and provides too many cool additions to the Dracula lore and just like the Dracula cinematic universe, like Dracula cinematic history, I should say it it adds so much. I think in the end, give it a few years, give it a decade even. And this movie will be a form of cult classic for those that really love Dracula. And I think it provides something different. It's not your normal Dracula tale. It is not uh, castles, and it's not in London. This is just specifically Dracula on a ship, taking people out one by one, and he's an, he's a monster. I mean, that's just fun. So, yeah, that's pretty much everything I have to say about this film. Uh, 7 out of 10. It is better than people are saying it is. Very atmospheric, well-acted, beautiful cinematography, and just camera quality in general. Uh, but the third act is just a little too long and that makes it just a little anticlimactic considering how much of a slow burn it was. The burn is kind of the most fun part, I guess is my point. And so if you can enjoy the burn uh, and forgive the kind of bust at the end, then you're going to have a good time with this film and it's going to provide some things for you uh, that you're not going to get from other Dracula movies. So, you know, seven out of 10, great movie enjoy it probably gonna buy it on dvd and watch it sometimes because it just has that kind of vibe you want to sit in and for those of you that really enjoy Bram stoker's dracula and that kind of vibe then this is a good movie for you so that's it for the beginning of our nosferati theme and this definitely fits that theme because the dracula looks a lot like nosferatu it has that gaunt bald pointy eared long teeth designed to him so next week we are going to be going a little bit on the nose i know that i have already reviewed the original nose for but i also have on my list for since forever i need to do the werner herzog nose for from i think 1979 don't quote me on it until we get into it next week but i'm very excited for that because i really haven't seen that many werner herzog films so this would be a nice way for me to kind of break into that whole discography uh love him as an actor and his voice is you know we'll probably try to brush up on my werner herzog impressions and maybe uh we'll do one next week 
But anyway, stay tuned for next week, and you you might want to check your feed on Halloween because you might just get a special episode. I'm just going to say that, and that's all I'm going to say. But anyway, you guys have a great rest of your week, and I will see you next Friday.